It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Hey friends, you just heard from Wizards head, head coach Scott Brooks saying that Otto Porter and John Wall are almost definitely going to be out on Wednesday night for the Wizards' final game of the regular season against the Orlando Magic. So we are going to talk about that in depth later. But first, let me say welcome. This is Locked On Wizards podcast. My name is Noah Getzel, and I'm the Wizards' extra beat reporter alongside my co-pilot, co-partner in crime, best backcourt podcasters in the Eastern <laughs> Conference. Huh? This is Bryna Kramer, by the way. How's it going, Bryna? I'm good, Noah. Those are some strong words to describe our duo. I don't know if podcasts can actually have a backcourt. I, I have no idea what that means. but Either way. We're talking we'll the talk it. a little too much. Anyway, you're <laughs> listening to Locked on Wizards, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Uh, local experts every day with uh, the biggest stories facing the Wizards. We've got um, lots of inside analysis, and we partner with Wizards Extra. And you can definitely, you should follow them on Twitter to get all of your pregame videos of warm-ups, post-game videos of the player interviews uh, in the locker room, Coach Scott Brooks, and a lot more. And 
So tonight we are talking about the Wizards snapping their four-game losing streak um, and potentially previewing a playoff matchup against the Celtics. Wizards won at 113-101 to and really took control in the second half. Uh, we are also going to talk about those comments you just heard from Scott Brooks, where two of the starters are pretty much certainly not going to play against the Magic, which still has heavy implications for the playoffs. The Wizards could finish anywhere between 6th and 8th. Um, they need to win to move up in the standings, but we'll talk about those situations and whether you know it's the right call to, to rest those guys heading into playoffs. And They'll have a few days between Wednesday and either Saturday or Sunday before playoffs start. And finally, we're going to talk a little bit about the Rookie of the Year competition this year. It boils down to Ben Simmons versus uh, Donovan Mitchell. And they both have made a great case. Even Jason Tatum has made a solid case. He's not going to win it. He was on display <laughs> here against the Celtics. But we heard from John Wall, and he didn't really take a strong stance, but he thinks that back in the day, eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, um, when he was having his rookie season, he thought he should have been co-rookie of the year. Of course, Blake Griffin, who didn't uh, play the previous year because of a, an injury, he ended up taking the ward home. So... It's kind of a similar situation here with Ben Simmons. We'll get into all that, but first, let's start with the game here. Tuesday night at Capital One Arena. Bryna, what did you see that changed in the second half that allowed the Wizards to... They ended up holding the Celtics to 38%. I'm glad we have some stats to talk about now, because for a while I thought we were going into this podcast blind. The, the stats <laughs> hadn't been working too well. But what do you think changed in the second half? I mean, I think... Well, first of all, Jalen Brown... You know, he wasn't scoring as well. I mean, in the first quarter, he went off. Um, but so that obviously played a part in it. But I think it was also just, I mean, they refocused themselves on defense. They started getting stops. And as Brooks has been saying all year, when you play good defense and you start getting stops, it's going to lead to good offense. And I think that was what something they were lacking in the first um, first half, and especially that first quarter. They just were turning the ball over. Um, they weren't getting good stops, and I mean, it really affected their offense. I mean, Boston also was having a slightly off game in the beginning too, except for Jalen Brown. But yeah, so I think the I think the recommitment to defense in the second quarter, when the second half, and especially that third quarter, I mean, that really turned the game around. Mm -hmm. And one guy who Scott Brooks uh, mentioned as you know one of the catalysts for that defensive change was Kelly Oubre. Yeah, and it was his defense effort on Jalen Brown uh, in that shooting guard position where Jalen, as we mentioned, he almost outscored the Wizards in the first quarter. He had 21 points. He hit five three-pointers. Wizards only scored 22, and it looked like they were going to be tied until there was a late whistle. You know, John Wall just exploded by everybody like he normally does and right. got a got to a free throw line. So uh, I I think, I mean, it, it, was, it was noticeable that there were no comfortable threes after the first quarter. And in the first right. half, the Celtics hit eight of... They're, uh, sorry, 9 of 18 threes. In the second half, I believe they were 5 of 15. They ended up being, what, 14 of 13 of 39. Sorry if my math is a bit fudged there. But it was it was basically, yeah, they, they held them. Um, you know, there were no, no easy shots, per se. Um, right. And then it translated into Kelly Oubre's offense at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think Kelly Oubre, especially when you're talking about what changed in the second half, I mean, Kelly Oubre starting the second half in place for Otto Porter, I mean, that matched him up, like you said, with Jalen Brown, and he was really – I think when Oubre plays with the starters, I think it makes a big difference in his confidence, and, you know, he mm -hmm. wants to prove that he is good enough to start – 
um, and is good enough to play, you know, with the likes of John and Brad and Keith and everyone else. So I think he really takes it as a challenge, and he always seems to step his game up when he gets the chance to start. And even if, though it was just the second half, I think that really helped. I mean, obviously, Ubre like, it helped his game, but it helped, you know, just the entire team's game tonight. Yeah, and I think that's the case not just with Ubre. I mean, Ubre it, it particularly shows that when he's on the bench, he's – you know, trying to do too much and doesn't really... Right, he's trying to be the yeah. star of the bench. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you have Sadoransky playing with the starters, his his numbers inflate tremendously in terms right. of assists, uh, getting open shots that wouldn't be there if he was on the bench, maybe. And even guys like Mike Scott, uh, he played a lot of the second half because yep. of uh, Porter's injury, so he was in a power forward role with Marquise playing some center. And Scott had 12 points, he shot 6-9, Although he missed both his three point attempts, yeah, he also had eight rebounds and three assists. So yeah, uh, that very was a really yeah. I mean, he kind of had been struggling for most of February and like the beginning of March, but over these last like two or so weeks, he's definitely improved his game a lot. And I think go it's at the right time, you know, going into um, playoffs where he's definitely going to crack the rotation. I mean, like you said, especially when Porter was out, I mean, he even cracked the eight man rotation that we had you or that Brooks used in the second half. So, I mean, Mike's picking up his game at the right time. I mean, and mm-hmm. he's been one of my favorite players all season. So I'm happy and about it. So essentially eight players played for the wizards. Uh, yeah. And Scott Brooks said this is, you know, more or less going to be the lineup that, that comes out yeah. in case there's, unless there's an injury or foul trouble or something right. else crazy happening, it's just basically going to be Mike Scott, Kelly Oubre, Tomas Sadoransky, and Jan Mahimni coming off the bench. All of them contributed pretty nicely tonight. Uh, yeah. Let's read off some of the numbers. If I'm reading stats, we may as well start with John Wall. So he had 29 points, 12 assists, which surpassed 5,000 for his career. He, I forgot the exact people, but he's part of elite company scoring 10,000 points and uh, 5,000 assists at age 27. I think it's uh, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Chris Paul, and Stephon Marbury who are in that elite cluster with him. I might have one of those names mixed up, but I think that was the case. Um, So along with those points and assists, 29 points, 12 assists, he got eight, sorry, seven rebounds three steals, and three of the most incredible blocks that I've ever seen. So it was good. After missing those for a while, it was yeah. good to see him. You know, still a high flyer, still a rim protector for a 6'4 point guard, which is unparalleled. Um, one place where he struggled was turning the ball over. And Scott Brooks said that just had to do with rhythm and kind of expecting players to be places where they weren't. Or maybe, I don't know if it had to do anything with... He's, he's trying to get to the rim and attack and then kick it out on those penetrations, but a lot of those times he's jumping up to make the pass before he fully knows what he was going to do with it. Right. And he's always kind of been the player that has, you know, incredible assists, but then the next play it's, you know, it might be like, all right, that was a good idea, but it turned right. out to be disastrous just because he thought he could rely on his athleticism right. and, and make the right play. Or he play. predicted before and then it didn't actually happen in reality. Yeah. Um, but the Wizards did a, a decent... I mean, they had, I think, 10 turnovers in the first half. Although they ended the game with 20, it seemed like they were more in control uh, in the second half, I, I definitely would, say. would agree with that. Um, it did not feel like they got that many yeah. tonight. I don't know why, but it, yeah, it definitely did not feel like they got 20. Also, your stat for John Wall, I don't remember exactly what you said, but it is... I was right, don't worry. You were, okay, never mind. <laughs> you were right. 
Um, I couldn't remember if you read Chris Paul or not. One, a couple negatives from this game. First of all, the first quarter defense on Jalen Brown was awful, letting him hit five three-pointers, 21 points. Uh, Otto Porter subbed out. Uh, He didn't play any of the second half. Wizard said it was basically just precautionary. Was it a a left leg, left calf strain or something? No, it was a right leg. Lower leg injury? Was it like an ankle or something? Um, Anyway, he is... You know, as we mentioned, most likely not playing against the Magic. It was a right lower leg strain. Okay, who knows what exactly that means. Um, and then Beal played 38 minutes. He looked winded, and it might just be his body language, but I saw a lot of plays where he was kind of just in the corner with his hands on the thighs waiting. Um, and one time he was in that position and then got a handoff and hit a three, which was a, a four-point play. So, you know, maybe he was just trying to bait the defender into yeah. thinking he was tired, but... But, I mean, you know, they, uh, like, yeah. the thing is, after the words, you know, they kind of deny it. I mean, like, nobody wants him – he doesn't want to come out and say, oh, I was tired. Like, I mean, he, you know, he's like, oh, you know, I was fine. And Brooks was saying, you know, I didn't really notice that he's like, I wanted to get him to rest. But, like – He said he wanted to go back in the game. When right. He, he also said he bench. wanted to go back into the game. And so, like, I think that's kind of how they always are, especially with the last two games meaning so much for seeding. Yeah. So, yeah, he definitely did look tired, though. I mean, there were a couple moments. He got knocked down when he – I think it was in the third quarter. He was shooting a three, and he got knocked down into the bench. And, I mean, it took him, like, a minute just to get up because just because he looked so exhausted. Yeah. 38 um, minutes for Bill tonight. He finished yeah. 6 of 16, which is, like, 38%. Right. Um, and I think the thing that I was thinking about was I really enjoyed seeing the lineup in the fourth quarter of – Sato, Beal, Ubre, Scott, and Mahimi, and it was working well for a while. And it was like, well, not that I want Porter to be injured or not that I want Beal to play all those minutes all the time, but that was a really good lineup. But I don't think we'll ever see it really that much again just because they're not going to play Beal that much. But maybe they will because they're going to be like, hey, it's the playoffs. Like, go big or go home. Mm -hmm. But that was a good lineup. But, yeah, I think it's just Beal's just, you know. After that first quarter where Boston went ahead 30-22, to The Wizards uh, scored 30 points uh, in the third quarter was the biggest difference. They went ahead by, you know, had a nine-point advantage, 27 to 18. And then they dropped 34 in that, you know, decisive fourth quarter. It seemed like they they put the game out of reach. It got close to... It was close to a 20-point lead. Yeah, we're kind of struggling with our stats here. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely close to a 20-point lead. I think the most I saw it at one point was 17. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take a quick break now. Um... And when we come back, we're going to talk about the implications of this victory on the rest of this long, enduring playoff season. I mean, season, there's what, like three more months left in the regular season, something like that? Yeah. No, there's one game left, and if the Wizards win, they have a chance to move up to sixth place, which isn't ideal, but we'll get into all of the different situations and how effective this Wizards team can be without two of their starters here Wednesday night, second end of a back-to-back. And it's, I think it's tough perhaps tougher to go home and road versus road than home. I don't know. Well, that's up for debate, but we'll be right back with Locked On Wizards after uh, this word from our sponsor. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Locked On Wizards. Uh, This is a podcast on everything related to the Wizards, uh, including locker room access. Uh, We had quotes from Scott Brooks to begin the podcast, and at the end of the podcast, you're going to hear from John Wall, as well, what he had to say in the locker room after the Wizards beat the Celtics, snapping the four-game winning streak. I'm sorry, four-game losing streak for the Wizards. Uh, everyone seemed very relieved after this game, and it 
it kind of you know changes the picture. It keeps things chaotic in terms of the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Uh, so the Wizards are not going to be playing two of their starters against the Magic, who of course are lottery bound. Not likely to play. That's not confirmed. Okay. But not likely. That's a good good catch. Um, so here are the situations. If everybody wins on Wednesday night, all three teams are playing: the Wizards, the Bucks, and the Heat. The Bucks play against uh, the Sixers. The Heat play the Raptors, and then the Wizards have the Magic. So if everybody wins, the Wizards still finish eighth. If uh, the Wizards lose and anything else happens, the Wizards finish eighth. If the Wizards, if the Milwaukee Bucks and Miami Heat split, meaning one of them wins, one of them loses, and the Wizards win, then they would be seventh place. And if both teams lose and the Wizards win, that means the Wizards move up to sixth place. Does that confuse you does that make any sense Bryna? no it definitely makes sense but like it's it makes sense especially when you see it written down but i mean i know it can be a little confusing saying all that but there's still a chance i mean i think it's just the most important thing is that anything is still up for grabs but the only way the wizards don't finish eight is they have to get a win tomorrow yes that that is like guaranteed like they have to get a win in order to change their in order to have a chance at six or seven and do you think that's going to happen or is it should it be a focus you know is there that that bigger difference playing uh i can't remember if uh the sixers have clinched their third seed. no they haven't yet okay they they won their 15th in a row tonight or yeah did they play yesterday okay they might play both actually um so yeah there's a lot still up in the air um when you look at these four opponents is there someone who you definitely don't want the wizards playing would that be cleveland yeah, I don't. I definitely don't want them. To, I don't want them to get six. I what's want, next? Which would be the next like team who you least want the Wizards to play after Cleveland? Well, we definitely can't play whoever's in fourth. So it's between Boston or Toronto. I don't want them to play Toronto. I'd want. I want them to play Boston. That's who okay. I want in the first round. So how, I want us to get a seven seed. How would the Sixers factor into this four team conundrum? If the Wizards win, you know, I still the want Boston lose. first. Okay. Sixers. Do you probably... want the Sixers or Raptors if that was the choice? So if we're going, okay, so if I'm ranking who I want first, I want Boston first, then Toronto, Sixers, Cleveland. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't want to see the Sixers. I don't want to see Cleveland. Toronto, I still don't really know how I feel about Toronto. I want Boston, especially after tonight. I want Boston. Do you think it's the right move to kind of precautiously keep Otto Porter and John Wall most likely on the bench throughout this Orlando Magic game? Wizards have proven time and time again that, you know, they're bad in back-to-back second game of... Or, actually, earlier in the season, they were always winning. What was it? Losing the first game of the back-to-back and then yeah. winning second? Uh, I I just think the Wizards have been you know, so volatile. You know, they can have these big wins, and I think around Christmas time, it was like similar situation. They beat the Celtics, and then they beat the uh, the Rockets right after, and then they lost to the the Hawks, and I think they beat the, the Knicks they were playing them. But let's focus on the present. Uh, the Wizards just lost to Atlanta Hawks, and now they've got the Orlando Magic, which is basically, you know, as bad of a team. And... Aside from, you know, just the playoff positioning, do you feel like this game is important in terms of momentum going into this weekend's start of the playoffs? I definitely think it's moment. I think it's important for momentum. I I agree with 
auto sitting out just because whatever I mean I granted Brooks said afterwards that tonight keeping him out of the second half was kind of them being cautious but if it was enough of a problem to even like keep him out from starting the first or the the third quarter then I think it's enough to be like hey just sit out tomorrow night whatever but I think with less than 24 hours from now right it's less from 24 hours from now Otto's played you know obviously Otto's been around for most of the season you know he's put in his time I think it's okay for him to sit out while because he's coming back from his injury and I mean granted they're not gonna play back-to-backs in um the playoffs so it's not as important for that but I just, yeah, I think it's important that Wall plays. Even if you said, hey, we're limiting your minutes, you're going to play 20 minutes. Like, even if they just, or they wanted to play him just in the first and third quarter. I just think it's important for him to get some reps and let everyone get more reps with him. And I just, I think it's important for momentum. I just, I think it's important for for Wall to play just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think he should sit out. But then again, I, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, it's definitely a, a tough time if you're coaching. Uh, one of the things that Scott Brooks says is that, you know, this last week or so, and then as you enter playoffs, like, the, the players are actually the ones who have it easy because after the game ends, they can just go to bed. The coaching right. staff will be up until, like, I don't know, maybe even 3 a.m., you know, right. reviewing different things, preparing for the next opponent, um, figuring things out, especially I feel bad for the video editors. It's got to right. be a tough job. Well, and it's funny that, that Brooks brought this up because there was a really good Amino Hassan on the jump. What day was it? Friday? I don't know, but recently, one of the last episodes of the jump might have even been yesterday. They were talking about that whole thing and just the idea of, you know, how tough it is, even out in the West and the East, for all the video coordinators and the coaches and things to go in and prepare for playoffs right now because nothing is set and nothing's going to be set mm-hmm. to the last night of um, – season which is kind yeah. of insane that none it makes of them it fun really from a fan's perspective but it's right. also when you look at you know coaching like this year we've seen uh steve clifford who you know missed a lot of time because he was having insomnia tyron lu just came back to the cleveland bench after right. he missed time he was eating horribly he was you know having all sorts issues, of anxiety yeah. attacks and he's only 40 years old so definitely a strenuous time for the coaches bodies and minds as well as just the players right um yeah, I I am hoping that the Wizards I just want to see them win and whatever <laughs> else happens it doesn't really matter. I I've got to put my pecking order down too because you you mentioned yeah. it. So I think as the Wizards just beat the Celtics even though they're going to get Marcus Smart back, I think playing the Celtics They are getting is Marcus Smart back towards the end of the the first round, yeah. Okay. But still. So, so I think Celtics would be the number 1 choice. And then I would like to play the Sixers because even though they've won so many games in a row, it's it's a very inflated winning record. A lot of them have been lottery-bound teams in these past 15. I think like 11 or 12 of them or something are against yeah. non-playoff opponents. But everyone in the Sixers has been playing incredible. I mean, granted, they've been against lottery teams, but they, I mean, J.D. Redick just dropped 28 points tonight. So I think I think the Sixers are a little bit tougher but and we don't match up well with them. That's the other problem. That's the other reason I don't. And they'll want to have see a them. masked villain too. Did you see that black mask? I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> um. Ugh. And then for me, it's playing Toronto would be third in that order of four, and finally the Cavaliers. You know, nobody wants <laughs> nobody to face wants to LeBron. LeBron yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah, that that's you know the situation where the Wizards find themselves in terms of they've got to win to potentially move up, and they have to hope for some other shake up around um you know the the box and the heat so we are gonna come back 
uh, for our final segment. And uh, we're going to be talking about the Rookie of the Year honors and who is deserving, who's not deserving, not just this season, but in general with the rules that the NBA has in place. Um, And then finally, you'll hear from John Wall talking about his personal experience and how he said he thought he should have been co-Rookie of the Year. So stay tuned. Noah Getzel and Bryna Kramer are coming right back. Hey, we are back. Locked on Wizards here. I'm Noah Getzel. Uh, make sure to follow Locked On Wizards on Twitter at Locked On Wizards and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, lots of other places, uh, SoundCloud, LockedOnWizards.com. Um, while you're at it, follow Bryna too. She is awesome on Twitter, uh, Bryna K13. Sorry, at Bryna B R Y N A K13. I'm at Noah underscore Getzel G O E T Z E L. We are both reporters for. The blog Wizards Extra, and you can find that at Wizards XTRA. That's all the plugs I'm going to put in now. Now, <laughs> so what are we talking about? We are talking about Rookie of the Year honors. Um, yeah, we've had a few. Well, last year Joel Embiid almost won Rookie of the Year. It ended up being Malcolm Brogdon for the Bucks, and Embiid only played 30 games, so that you know might have been a reason why he that was won the it. reason yeah. why he did um, win it. When you look back to 2000. 10 that 2010 2011 season Mm -hmm. john wall had a spectacular year but he did not win the rookie of the year award because blake griffin who was drafted in the previous draft sat out all the year he had some sort of he was injured some type of surgery but yeah he missed the entire season uh we've got something similar i can't remember all the slew of injuries that uh ben simmons had last year but he's playing marvelously this year you know, his uh, Sixers are probably going to be a three or – they're definitely going to be a three or four seed. Um, they've won 15 in a row, a lot with, of, without uh, Joel Embiid, who's, you know, obviously the, the best player on the team and their leader. But without him, Simmons has really picked up the slack. But then you look at Donovan Mitchell, and he wore a sweater today that said rookie and defined it, a player in the first first year of professional sports. I can't remember exactly what it said. But he was basically calling out Ben Simmons saying, like, he had some analogy to students studying for tests. If, you know, I have a test on Friday and someone else is taking that same test but had a year to prepare for it, like, who's going to do better is basically his understanding of why he thinks that he's more deserving. Um, Both teams, you know, both players have led their teams to the playoffs. And John Wall, as you'll hear, mentions that, you know, with Gordon Hayward leaving the team to go to the Celtics, there, nobody had these expectations. Rudy Gobert was injured a long time. You've got to give uh, Quinn Snyder a ton of credit. But how good has Donovan Mitchell been? Averaging 20.5 points, 3.7 assists, 3.7 rebounds, 1.5 steals a game, uh, which is awesome. And then Simmons is you know, getting close to a triple-double. LeBron has coined him the Fresh Prince. Eight, 16 points a game, 8.2 assists. 8.1 rebounds and 1.7 steals. They're both freaks of nature, amazing wingspans. You know, they they just disrupt offensively, and they're leading their teams, uh, their up-and-coming teams, to a place that the Wizards might not be going anytime soon in terms of their upside. Do you feel like it was Donovan Mitchell went a little bit too far with his sweatshirt and his statements tonight, or... Should they be focused more on the playoffs versus these individual accolades? What's your take on all this, Bryna? Um, well, I mean, I think 
So there's a couple of things. So first of all, in terms of the sweatshirt, I mean, I think that's kind of one of the things that I love most about this league is just the pettiness and, you know, the fact that that is not like it is not just a Donovan Mitchell thing. Like any other player pro in this league probably would have done that if this was as contested for them of a race or just anything. I mean, we've seen Russell Westbrook do it, you know, when he trolls KD. I mean, this is something that happens in the NBA all the time, and it's one of the reasons why I love this league so much. So I actually kind of really love the sweatshirt. Um, but I think just in terms of the rookie of the year debate, just as a whole, I kind of agree with Mitchell. I I don't think they should be ineligible from rookie of the year, but I think at most, then if there's really two players just as deserving as Simmons and Mitchell, then I think at most that there should be a co-player or co-rookie of the year. If that person, if one of those people had sat out there, what should have been their real true rookie of the year? Even if one guy, even if the guy who missed time is just like significantly better than anyone else in the rookie class? No, not if they're significantly, like if it's like way, you know, way like foregone, like last year, like if Joel Embiid, I mean, because the same thing would have happened with Joel Embiid. Like, nobody was talking about the fact that Joel Embiid, you know, missed two years. And, you know, last year was his true rookie year, or his rookie year. But, like, it was about the number of games Joel Embiid had played. Yeah. But last year, otherwise, it would have been Joel Embiid by far. If he played, like, 60 games if instead he had played, of 30. Yeah, if he had played 60 games instead of 30-something that he played, I mean, we wouldn't be talking about the fact that he had missed two years. We were two years out from his true rookie year. Mm-hmm. We would have just been talking about the fact that Joel Embiid is this incredible rookie and holy crap, the NBA is in great hands. Yeah. So you don't think the NBA needs to change the rule in terms of saying like a player is no longer eligible for rookie of the year if they spend a year with the team practicing, learning the playoffs, playbook and all that. Like no. they can still win rookie of the year. Yeah. The okay. I mean, because I mean, yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think they need to go so far as changing the rules and like mm-hmm. officially. I just think it should kind of be like an unofficial rule by voters that like, and I don't know, who, I don't know who votes. I mean, I think it's the media members who vote yeah. on Rookie of the Year. I don't know, and I don't know enough about the voting in terms of the points, in terms of how it would co- how it would work out to get co rookies of the years because it's only ever happened once with Grant Hill and Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think that's what should happen. Um, I just think who they're do you both think incredible. deserves it this year? If you were to take one over the other, oh my gosh! If I have to pick one or the other, I would say Donovan Mitchell because he's yeah. he's more of the leader of the team that's had so much turnover you know everyone kind of thought it would just be a down year and it's kind of like the same situation with the Pacers they lose their best player who's going to fill that gap and uh there's still a bit of debate over you know like there's still you know a game left to play and some late games tonight so nothing said in the Western Conference either but if like Utah has won uh they're on a six game winning streak they've won eight of ten I'm sure the numbers are even more impressive because they had a long losing streak earlier in the season, but they are in position. Uh, they're tied with Portland right now, and they hold the tiebreaker. They're in third place. Utah Jazz team led, essentially led by a rookie. Yeah. I mean, even though their their best player is Rudy Gobert, like a rookie but he was out for a who's bit. on a, a a team that you know gave up Rodney Hood, gave up um, George Hill. Was he on the team? I can't remember. They made no. some trade and they got Jay Crowder. Yeah, there was. A lot of shakeup, um, so it's it's a very it's a bunch of fresh faces, and it's it's incredible that the Jazz are in this position when everyone thought 
okay, they lost their one all-star. What's this team going to become this season? So yeah. No, I've I- got to hand it to, in my mind, just because of the, the substantial role in the offense, um, I think Donovan Mitchell deserves right. it a little bit more. I think I definitely agree with all of that. I mean, I would probably pick Donovan Mitchell, but, I mean, Ben Simmons is incredible, and I think – I don't know. I think it's hard because I think a lot of people want to say, well, of course, Donovan Mitchell is going to be a star in this league, but Ben Simmons is going to be a superstar. So, like, I don't know. I think it's also – I think a lot of people try to forecast what their futures in this league look like and, like, be like, well, of course Ben Simmons deserves this because he's going to be a superstar versus Donovan Mitchell just being, like, a great, you know, even star player in this league. But Ben Simmons is going to be this, like, transcending figure. So I think a lot of people try to forecast their potential – of like what these players' potentials are on that that award, and I think that's a little wrong too. But yeah, I'd have to give it to Donovan Mitchell out of the two. If I'm going real, real like off pick, I'm picking Andre Ingram, who made his debut tonight in at, for the Lakers as a 32 year old after 10 years in the G League. Yeah. He's the real rookie. I don't, I don't know if he's going to win that award. I don't no, know I he's know. He's going to swipe everyone. But, but you know, cool. my American <laughs> University alum oh, wow. in me has to go with him he's my favorite so well, that'll do it for us here <laughs> on locked on wizards remember to listen in or subscribe wherever you check out your podcasts uh we're also on dash radio every monday tuesday and friday night at 9 p.m uh so now here is john wall talking about the rookie of the year debate and why he thinks he should have been co-rookie of the year back in the 2010 2011 season thanks so much and have a great night everyone We'll be back with you Wednesday night after the Wizards Magic game. Blake's rookie of the year honors after he was uh, injured that season. There's kind of a similar situation playing out this year. Do you think players should be eligible for rookie of the year if they were injured but you know still on the team the first season? I don't know. That's that's the NBA rule, but I mean I think this rookie of the year is pretty interesting. I mean nobody thought Utah would be in the position that he is when they lost Gordon. Those guys and Rudy Gobert has been a lot. And Donovan Mitchell's having a heck of a year, and then you have Ben doing what he's doing. Um, so, in my opinion, I feel like I'll be big co rookie of the year, in my opinion, but everybody has their own say so. Did you see Mitchell's hoodie? I mean, I mean, that's how it goes when you're in the heat of a battle and you feel like you're deserving of something that you work hard for. One more time. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.